We are not what we own. We are what we do, what we think, and who we love. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain. If it's your first time joining me, welcome. Thanks for giving me a shot. Wisdom Worth Knowing can be subscribed on all the major social networks, including Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. You can uh, connect to the site at wisdomworthknowing.org. You can also donate there as well. The show is also brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks, completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now for this limited time offer to my listeners at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org. We are not what we own. We are what we do, what we think, and who we love. The subject of materialism is on topic today. It will come up pretty frequently on this show because materialism is one of the things that we as a culture have to learn to reconcile because we are a very blessed culture. And uh, we have a lot. We do. But having a lot isn't really the source of happiness. That's pretty much what the subject is going to be about today. There's more to happiness and joy than just stuff, which may seem like common sense at first, but hopefully we can unpack that and kind of dig into you know, why it is we fall into this trap. I think there's a lot of reasons for it, but then we can kind of move into where we need to head or what direction we should move towards to actually cultivate a deeper level of happiness and joy. At least in my experience, you know, but I'm not infallible. Uh, if you want to leave comments during the show, feel free to do that on the Facebook and YouTube live stream. And at the end of the episode, if we have comments, we will talk about them then. So do we define ourselves by our current financial status? The first part of the quote is we are not what we own. Well, ain't that the truth? Human beings in general are far more complex than what clothes they wear. We're far more complex than um, what car we have, what house we have, what, well, basically anything we own. And a lot of us don't even stop to think about this. Like when we put so much time and energy and emotional investment into things. But everything we own is going to dissolve and fade away at some point. Literally, literally everything. There are very, very few material things we can own that are eternal. And so if we don't really stop to grasp this fully, we don't stop to consider how much time and energy we're investing in the pursuit of things that are not permanent. And I, I'm, I'm guilty of this too, but I mean, think about the reality of our situation. Many of us work 40 to 60 hours a week. That That's voluntarily giving up our time, of which we have a finite amount, to accumulate wealth so that we can go buy things that, that don't last. 
And while it is good to enjoy things, don't get me wrong, I mean, they exist for a reason. If we make things the center of our lives, then basically we'll get caught into this loop of working 40 to six hours, 40 to 60 hours a week to pay for stuff that really isn't that valuable to us in the long run. So we do need to find a balance here in the, the amount of time we commit to accumulating wealth versus the what we decide to invest that wealth in. Because really, all money is, and in, in, this is a, a general simplification of it, but all money is, is it's an exchange of, all work is, is an exchange for our time for money. So money becomes a, becomes a physical representation of our skill, time, and energy. And then we, we spend that physical manifestation of it, which is in dollars and cents, we spend that in exchange for other people's tools and things that they've invented because they've invested skill and time into those things. So it's, it's a tool of exchange, right? Where we're exchanging our time for other people's time, you know, when it comes down to it. So then we have to sit down and decide what is worth the exchange. You know, if I've spent X amount of time making X amount of dollars, what is worth my time? You know, what is it worth to exchange? Do I want to exchange all of my time? And in the case of borrowing and debt, my future time for this, whatever the item is that we're buying. And when you start to think about things that you're buying in this context as actually it being a part of your life, your purchases become a little more serious because you're actually exchanging a small chunk of your life for everything that you buy. And then the concept of saving becomes a little more reasonable because you're like, okay, well, if I save some of my time, then I can exchange it for something bigger later, right? So you can, you can save up dollars so that you can exchange them later for a bigger thing of value. You know, credit, credit, debit, uh, not debit, credit. Um, loans. We don't think about these things in the context of voluntarily servitude, voluntary servitude, but that's what they are. We're exchanging our future time for something right now. And there's a Bible verse on this that's really relevant. It's the borrower is slave to the lender. And, and there's truth to this. When Whenever we sign up for a debt or for a loan or for material, for more material things, we are volunteering, volunteering our time for whatever stretch that loan duration is. So if we buy a house for 30 years, for example, we are volunteering 30 years of our lives. Now, granted, it's not the full 30 years. It's a small chunk of that 30 years, right? It's, it's enough to save up and make the house payment every month. That's the small chunk of time we're exchanging. And while these things are not all in all bad, we just don't stop to consider the reality of what we are exchanging, especially if we're impulsive and it's so easy to actually sign over our lives. So if we start to think of the things that we accumulate in terms of, of how they possess us in some way, then we can start to at least take our purchases and our exchanges more seriously. Things like credit cards, are, are incredibly dangerous in this respect because we can 
we can literally wrap ourselves into years of servitude for a series of very small purchases that we are now accumulated over a couple months and now paying interest on, right? So if we're not careful about protecting ourselves from this trap of materialism, then we will find ourselves spinning our wheels just to get back to level or back to even. And this is most of us, right? This is, I, I went through this entire season in my early 20s and I still have to be very careful in our financial decisions. It's very easy to spend. It's a lot easier to spend than it is to save. But I've gotten better at it, you know, and that's really our goal, right, is we want to get better at these things over time. We don't, we're not going to ever be perfect. And guess who knows that? The credit card companies. <laughs> they know that the credit card companies and banks know that better than anyone else. Is that we're not going to be perfect at this, but they are taking a risk as well. So we have to respect that part of it. So we are not what we own. You know, the things that we are buying and exchanging our time for and the things that we own, they will die, fade, break down and dissolve. And then so that leaves us to the next part of the quote. You know, if we're not what we own, then what are we? And, and it goes into we are what we do, which what we do is how we invest our time. We are what we think. And the product of what we think or how we think produces what we do. So we'll go into that in a little bit. And who we love. And love is arguably one of the best investments we can make with our time. But before I move into that, Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Amazon Audible. If you're like me and you love reading but don't have the time, then Audible audiobooks may be the perfect solution for you. With Audible, listening is the new reading. You can pop in your earbuds and discover that next exciting adventure or expand your knowledge from any PC, Mac, Android, Alexa, or Apple device. And check this out, because you, you listen to this show, for a limited time, you get instant access to thousands of audiobooks from Audible's Premium Plus catalog completely free. Just visit audible.wisdomworthknowing.org right now and take advantage of a free 30-day trial for my listeners. That's right, for 30 days, you'll get full access to Audible's Premium Plus catalog, as well as an additional free title of your choosing. If you discover audiobooks aren't for you, no problem. You can cancel instantly online without ever being charged a cent. That's it. It's that simple. Two years ago, audiobooks began to change my life, and they may change yours too. Pause this podcast and head over to Audible, that's A-U-D-I-B-L-E, that wisdomworthknowing.org, and sign up right now for this exclusive offer for my listeners. And it's for a limited time. So before I kind of move into this part of what we are, what we do, what we think, and who we love, if you are a person who struggles with finances, congratulations, you're normal. <laughs> Welcome to the human race. Um, I highly recommend The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. Um, Google it. Go to his website. I'm not going to give you any affiliate leaks or anything. I don't have any, but that's totally fine. It just My wife and I took that program at our church when we were right before we got married, and it arguably saved years of headaches and arguing and communications issues over money in our marriage. And it's not exclusively a Christian program, but a lot of churches adopt it because it does use some church principles. But it's practical and it's usable by, by anybody. You know, you don't have to be religious or, or 
a Christian to, to grasp financial advice. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty common sense stuff. Dave Ramsey also has a radio show and podcast you can listen to. So people call in and they share the current financial issues they're dealing with. I listened to it for several years until I kind of accumulated a baseline understanding of a lot of the issues and strategies that you can use to deal with creditors and deal with banks and deal with loan people. And, um, and yeah, it's great. Uh, I, I obviously, he's super hardlined on his approach, which is understandable because of he's usually dealing with people who are in a financial crisis. Uh, but, but I think there's a lot of value there and a lot to learn. So that's Total Money Makeover, Dave Ramsey. Highly recommend him if you're dealing with any financial issues. So the second part of this is what we are, what we do. So what we do is how we spend our time, right? So every morning we wake up and we make decisions every day of how we want to tackle that day. And we are exchanging the number one commodity that we have as living creatures. We have a finite amount of time on this planet. And it is our most precious commodity because eventually we will run out of it. And so we get to make a decision every day as to how we are going to invest that time. And how we invest that time defines what we actually do or what we are. If we spend 60 to 80 to 100 hours a week on our job, we are workers. That's that's basically ultimately our definition of what we are because we are occupying all of the conscious moments of our time with work so if we start to seriously consider what it is that we do and where we spend our time we start to realize that wherever we invest the most time and energy defines what we value the most and so I've found, and, and I could be wrong on this, but I've found at 37 that my my time is best spent balanced between a lot of, of the most valuable things in my life. So in other words, I do spend a good amount of my time at my job, obviously, at least 40 hours a week because I need to make money. But I do spend a good amount of time at my job because I do value what I do and who I work with, and I do help people. If, if not just in a small way. And that does, that does define for 40 hours a week what I am. But that there's more to me than my job. And, and this is something that I had to really kind of discover is like, well, how much time do I dedicate to being a father? Because I've got two young kids. Do I invest at least two hours a day on trying to be a good dad? After that eight hours of work? Same thing with me being married. I'm, I'm a husband. So do I invest a good amount of time in that? In trying to be the best husband that I can be? And then what ends up happening is as we kind of focus on these things that are in front of us. And we start to see that our time is our most precious commodity. We start to realize that we invest a tremendous amount of this time in things that really don't retain any long term value. And a most obvious example of this is how much time do we spend, myself included, staring at our phones? You know, when when we're all dying, like literally dying by the minute, should we really be investing four to 12 hours of our day, like consuming mindless media? You know, it's like, what are we getting in exchange for that? Don't get me wrong. I, I spent a huge chunk of my childhood addicted to MMOs and online gaming. So I... 
I get this. I, it's good to be entertained. But entertainment shouldn't be like the center of our lives. You know what I mean? Like it, we definitely need to stop and take care of ourselves so that we can refill ourselves. And art and entertainment is a tremendous way of doing that. It's arguably one of the only ways to do it. But are we out of balance? Are we spending a huge chunk of our time wrapped up in, in something that really doesn't give us any tangible return on that time investment? And that's a question we need to ask ourselves pretty regularly. How much time are we investing in things that really don't have tangible value? But like I said, there's definitely a place for that in our lives. It's just how much of it is it out of balance? So that brings us into the next part is we are what we do, but we also are what we think. A lot of our actions start in our minds. Our minds are a battlefield of constant pressures. We're constantly be pulled, being pulled in a million different directions. So refining our thought processes and how we think about things is, is a, a big challenge, but it also is a necessary component because the first part of that quote where it says we are what we do, what we do is a product of how we think. You know, at the, at the root of that also is our hearts, right? From our hearts come our thoughts. From our thoughts come our actions. So if we're not spending the time to kind of realign our hearts and work on our hearts and working on our thoughts, our actions are going to inevitably fall short of where our goals are. So there's a great book on this subject, too. It's called The Battlefield of the Mind. But you don't really need to read a book on the subject of how you think unless you really struggle with thinking or bad thinking patterns. Journaling is an excellent way to kind of refine your thoughts. So if you sit down and just write down for five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, just try to write out your thoughts and organize them. That helps you function throughout the day, you know, rather than having everything kind of just floating around in your head all the time. Journaling, talking to a close friend, venting, prayer, which, by the way, prayer is just conversation with God. You don't have to walk into a church for prayer. You can you can pray any, anywhere, anytime, anyplace. If you don't believe in God, just talk to yourself. You know, anything to kind of get that process started to help you refine and articulate the way you're feeling, the way you're thinking. And you'll get better at this. And you'll get better at communicating what it is that you're experiencing to yourself and to others as you begin to refine these thoughts. And as you refine in, in your thinking, it will manifest itself in your actions. Very few of us stop to make the time to, to get better at this. And it's understandable. We're busy. And most people don't want to stop and contemplate self-reflection. That's <laughs> not, not what a lot of people like to do. But there is tremendous value in that because it, it does it does organize our thinking in a way that is practical so that when we do face the pressures of everyday life, we are mentally equipped to deal with them. And then finally, we are who we love. 
One of my favorite lines on this subject. I'm going to look it up here because I want to make sure I do I do say this correct. This is actually from a YouTube uh, from a song by by Don Henley, who is one of my all time favorite songwriters. He's with the Eagles. Uh, it's "Take It to the Limit" is the name of the song. And one of the lines in is, "You can spend all your time making money, and you can spend all your love making time." If it all fell to pieces tomorrow, would you still be mine? So we exchange our time for money. But we also can exchange our time for love. So if we aren't careful about where we're investing all of our time, then we will exchange our love making time. And that's kind of what the the line is about. It says you can spend all your time making money. And if you do that, you're also spending all your love because you can spend all your love making time. So at the root of what he's saying here is that the, the core currency is actually you're exchanging love for money. And when you start to think of your time in this context, that, that every minute of your life is an opportunity to love better and to invest in relationships rather than just money, or finding a balance between investing in money and relationships, you start to take your time a little bit more seriously. Because like he said, if it all fell to pieces tomorrow, what would you have left? If you invested all of your time and energy in your wealth, but then your wealth just disappeared tomorrow, what would you have left? So if we're not careful about balancing what we're investing in, if we're not investing in, in love, which is enduring and love lasts forever, if we're not investing in relationships, we're not investing in ourselves, not investing in our character. Loving ourselves is part of that too, right? If we're not investing in things that are permanent and we're only investing in things that are temporary, when the temporary things suddenly vanish from us, we have nothing left. And so I'm hoping I'm getting my point across on this episode, which was I wanted to make sure that we fully grasped this reality that time is our most precious commodity and time does translate into whatever we spend it on. So if we spend it all on our job, then all we have is money. But if we spend it half on our job and half on our relationships, then we do have money and we have love. So we need to be tremendously aware of what we're exchanging and then decide for ourselves whether we're going to find value in that exchange. So we are what we do, what we think, and who we love. We are not what we own. That what we own and where we invest our money and our time is a small chunk of the, re of our, of the reality of our lives. So we need to make sure that we do not make material wealth the central component of our lives. It's good that we have these blessings and we should be grateful for what we have, especially in the abundance of of the of the culture we live in we have more at this moment in history than millions have had in the history of the entire human race 
So I don't want to devalue that. that that's something we, we definitely want to be grateful for. But we do need to make sure that when we're focusing our time, and I could be wrong on this, but when we're focusing our time, we need to be take that seriously, you know? Take that element of where we're investing ourselves seriously. And we should be making sure that we are spending time investing in ourselves and taking care of ourselves and spending time investing in those close to us or the people we come in contact with and stop and take the time to love them better. Another great book on that subject is um, Keep Your Love On by Danny Silk, where we get to decide how to love people well. The Four Loves is another good example of this. That's by C.S. Lewis, where it kind of defines the different types of love. Boundaries is a great book on this, so how we can love people well within boundaries. Codependent No More is a great book on how not to be codependent, but to love people well within proper communication and healthy boundaries. There's tons of books on this subject of how to love people better. So, yeah. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for giving me a shot today. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on your favorite social network before you leave. So hit that like button, hit that share button, hit that subscribe button on Facebook, YouTube, or Rumble. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to leave a review because the reviews actually help the show grow. Feed those algorithms. Hopefully you're leaving a good review. The show is brought to you by Amazon Audible, where listening is the new reading. Before you head out, get the limited time offer for my listeners at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org to get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Cancel anytime. Sign up right now at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. And until tomorrow... We are not what we own. We are what we do, what we think, and who we love. So let's work on being the best version of ourselves we can for today because, as always, that's all we can do. I will see you all tomorrow.